This is Austin Pace with BYU-Idaho Radio, and I'm joined today by Democrat Representative Nate Roberts. Representative Roberts was employed as an electrician for 32 years and has worked in the western states and internationally on industrial, commercial, and residential construction projects. Roberts ran for election in the Idaho, Idaho House of Representatives to represent District 29B and won on the general election in November of 2022. He assumed office in December of 2022. Thanks for joining me, Representative. Absolutely. My pleasure. Awesome. So just to get started, what are your thoughts on the legislative session so far? What things have gone well, and what are some things that you'd like to see change? Well, there's a a number of items there, of course, but it's hard to tell at this stage because we're still in the the early works of the set or the early weeks of the session. And so we're just starting to see bills come to the House floor. And, you know, we've had a number of bills introduced in committee. So as that process moves along, you'll start to see more uh, coming up for votes on the House floor and then being transmitted to the Senate. We had our first bill being transmitted from the Senate to the House today. That was uh, in our first reading or will be in the first reading tomorrow. So uh, it's really just getting started. You know, the biggest issue is going to be budgets and how the Joint Finance and Appropriation Committee system is going to work this year as they've introduced a new method of working through budgets uh, this year. So there's some concern there, but we'll see how things go. So you introduced a bill on the 18th of this month that amends an existing law to provide that freedom from discrimination because of sexual orientation or gender identity is a civil right. What circumstances led to the introduction of this bill and what are your hopes for it if it does end up getting passed? Well, that was a bill that was written by Senator Melissa Wintrow and that was introduced in the Senate. And I've joined as a co-sponsor because that's something that I believe in. I don't I don't believe that uh, the state should be able to allow discrimination based on your gender identity or your sexual orientation. I think an individual has the right to be the individual they are and they deserve the same protections that uh, we as you know, as citizens uh, have based on our constitutional rights. I think that everybody is equal and they should be equally protected from discrimination. So has there been a problem in Idaho with people that do identify differently or do have a different sexual orientation? Has there been a problem with discrimination in Idaho? I couldn't say that, I couldn't give you a specific case where there is a definite problem, but uh, we continue to see bills being presented in the House of Representatives and in the Senate here in Idaho that would, in essence, allow individuals under their conscientious objections or their right to conscience issues to be able to discriminate. So, for example, last year we had a bill come through the House Health and Welfare Committee that would allow for health care providers and health care, in essence, health care companies to be able to say because they have a clause on their website or a statement in their paperwork that says that we hold certain values. And one of those values is that we disagree with the person's idea of gender identity or sexual orientation, that they disagree with that. Uh, That bill, had it passed, would have allowed those uh, providers and companies to say we will not provide our services to those individuals because it goes against my conscience. And so the fact that we're seeing bills being run to allow for discrimination to occur 
to me, it creates a situation where we need to make sure that we protect people from discrimination. I want to talk a little bit about the proposal made about the $5,000 tax credit for private school funding. Could you tell me a little bit about that and what it would do for private schools in Idaho? Well, that uh, that was introduced, quote unquote, uh, in a press release by a couple of members of the legislature here. We have not yet seen a draft, or at least I have not seen that draft in particular. Uh, but the idea was to provide a family a $5,000 tax credit per child to be able to access private educations or, you know, allowing for an individual to utilize a religious school while using, in essence, state monies because it's a tax credit. So, so we need to make sure that if anything like that was to be passed, then it needs to be needs to have some specific accountability rules where, according to the press release and, and rumor, these things are not included in that bill. And to be honest, I don't believe that Idaho uh, is effective enough in providing enough funds for public schools, let alone being able to support uh, funds going out to private schools. And the data that we've seen from states like Indiana and Arizona shows that anything like this that occurs specifically winds up benefiting, uh, you know, more than 50% of those funds wind up benefiting people that already have their children in private schools. So you're talking about, in essence, a handout to wealthy individuals that already can afford to send their children to private schools. And second of all, uh, the cases in those states show that uh, that is never a limited amount of budget, and it winds up exact. In for example, the data that we saw early in this session from Arizona was showing that the amount of money that's going out in that form of voucher system actually is reaching close to a billion dollars. And frankly, Idaho doesn't spend enough on our public schools. That's why we're having difficulty with school facilities in particular. The governor has committed to help school facilities, and that falls in line with our constitutional duty found in the state constitution, Article 9, where it says that the legislature is responsible for a free public form of education. And so if we allow those education dollars to go out through private entities, it's going to create two poorly funded systems. We're just reaching a point in our public education system that we're addressing some of the funding issues, and now they want to take those tax dollars out of that pie and allow parents to have this freedom of choice for their education system. And some of those would be used for religious institutions. And again, that goes directly against our state constitution and found in Article 9. So I will not be supporting any form of uh, public education funds being used to, for, to fund private education or religious education. You were, talked a little bit about there having to be specific rules, right? That would have to regulate how or what qualifies somebody for receiving this tax credit. What rules or what specific guidelines would you recommend to be put on these people that would be receiving this $5,000 tax credit? Or what would you like to see implemented in the bill to actually be passed? I would I would be looking for an equivalent accountability record that we put on our public schools. 
if we're going to be funding private education, then we must hold them to the same standards that we hold our public schools as a minimum. Uh, This past week, the School of Public Services at Boise State University recently released findings from its Idaho Public Policy Survey. Something I found to be interesting was for the first time in the survey's history, more Idahoans feel the state is going off the wrong track. What does that mean? And what is the government going to do or what should they do to get back on the right track? You know, I've I've heard those same things. I have not had time to uh, delve into that study just yet. But, you know, it's uh, when you look around what's happening in our state, uh, you know, we 2022, um, because uh, a group of citizens were running an, an initiative asking for tax increases on the wealthy upper half of our uh, socioeconomic ladder to fund education. So that was Reclaim Idaho saying that they wanted to increase taxes by, I believe it was 0.25% on anybody that was making more than $250,000. And that would have raised $400 million for our schools. And in that initiative, they had uh, specified where that money was to go. And that was to go to teacher pay and other you know, direct education issues. Uh, the governor uh, in September of 2022 they held a special session here where the governor included a $400 million increase in education spending with a flat tax. So, you know, the, I, 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 while I appreciated the $400 million in, in direct education funding, I think the flat tax issue is part of what we're seeing in our state. You know, that people are saying we're kind of going in the wrong direction because that flat tax really only benefited, again, that upper portion of the socioeconomic ladder and corporations. And so, um, you know, why I think many of the corporations, there's a whole group called the Idaho Business for Education that really wants to see Idaho improve their public education system. They are against the voucher programs uh, because they realize that for businesses to have high quality employees, these employees need to have a good education. And, you know, that's part of the direction that we're taking that's wrong. The other issue, in my opinion, is this um, over vocal lunatic fringe in our political uh, system that is pushing for things like I spoke about before, allowing uh, individuals and businesses to have a conscience right to be able to discriminate against somebody because, you know, their ideological beliefs teach them, you know, that some individuals are considered to be living life in a wrong manner because that's what they've been taught in their life. And they're, they're not really taking in the actuality of society at this time. So there's a number of different issues there that I think uh, people in Idaho are tired of um, and definitely a, a lunatic fringe that's involved in our political system is one of those along with, uh, you know, I think a majority of Idahoans would like to see our education fully funded and effectively cared for. We've got uh, a $1 billion deficit, in essence, uh, you know, we're behind in school facilities maintenance. And so, you know, over 60% of the schools in Idaho are being reported as being in poor or barely fair shape. And we should do much better. And on that billion dollar number has been in existence since the late 90s when some of the first studies in that 
uh, were performed. And so, you know, we've got ongoing issues in our public education system. And I think many of the Idahoans are saying we really need to address this. And so, yeah, there's there's a number of issues, but those are probably the two that come top to mind for me. So what do you think the state government is going to do to get back on track? Well, um, that's difficult. Uh, I, as you had mentioned, I'm in the Democratic Party and uh, there's only 11 of us in the House. And so that means that you know, 58 of the other individuals in this House are in the Republican Party. So they hold a supermajority. They don't need Democratic compromise or input on any of these bills. Uh, so, you know, they basically wind up getting threatened with being primaried if they don't support some of these, you know, uh, issues that the lunatic fringe are pushing. What do we do to get on the right track? Uh, you know, really, it does come up to how uh, the citizens vote and how they look at the candidates that are running for office and making sure that they are just involved, uh, just as involved in their politics, because, you know, it is we the people, you know, the people are the government. People like myself are just representatives of those individuals. So, you know, it, it really comes down to what the voters choose to do. And so hopefully they continue to choose correctly. I also would like to talk about Idaho's fight against fentanyl. The Idaho legislature is considering House Bill 406 that would significantly amend existing drug trafficking issues. What is the state legislator, legislature looking to accomplish with this bill? Well, there's been a large push here, and this, that, that bill has been of particular discussion, at least on the House side, because that's where it's been introduced. I see significant issues with this bill. I think that uh, uh, judges feel that mandatory minimums don't necessarily work effectively or as effectively as people think they do. You know, the real push is, is everybody saying we've got to do something, we've got to do something. Well, my problem with that is, is doing something doesn't mean that we have to pass bad legislation. I think that we could pass good legislation this session that would help address the issue. And, and I'm particular have a problem in the clause of the drug-induced death in that bill. Uh, while drug-induced deaths do deserve to be punished, I'm worried about how vague that that statement is because it could potentially put, for example, a 14-year-old that, you know, mistakenly, you know, shared something with a friend that, you know, came from, you know, a baggie that he found or, you know, was provided to him. Um, you know, there's, there's so many, it's too vague of a situation to me. You know, in a situation like that, I would much rather that a judge had the ability to make the decision for that rather than just handcuffing a judge and telling you have to do X sentence. There's no other thing. So I, I think that we're going to pass something this year regarding uh, fentanyl legislation, and it's direly needed. It's an issue in all of our communities in our state. So, you know, something has to be done, but I still think that we have, uh, you know, two months to work out something that works best for protecting Idahoans and protecting the rights, uh, especially the constitutional amendment rights of those that are being prosecuted. What are some things that you're looking forward to heading into week four of the state legislative session? 
getting closer to, to the final week. <laughs> <laughs> we are scheduled to uh, we are scheduled to uh, Synodia or Sine Die, as many people say. That's our, our closure of the session on March 22nd. Um, there's a number of things that we have to work through still, and it's it's hard to say that I look forward to many of these issues. But these are issues that I was elected to deal with, and, and I take them seriously, and I will address them as effectively as I can as they come along. But it's hard to know sometimes what people are wanting to, to run as personal bills or, you know, what what new bill is going to be brought to a committee and, and sometimes it's disappointing and sometimes it's encouraging. We recently, or actually this morning, uh, representative Atlanta rebel brought a bill in that was on regarding AI and political advertisements. And I think that's one of the, the good pieces of legislation because it helps protect our election system from, you know, fraudsters and people that are willing to, um, you know, commit, in essence, election fraud, not necessarily voter fraud. But anybody that is trying to artificially affect our elections and election systems, I think, you know, that's an important thing that we're covering. That was Democratic House Representative Nate Roberts from District 29B. Thanks again for joining me, Representative. Again, it was my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity.